Welcome to Straight In Your Crown visual podcast. Thank you to everybody for all of the name suggestion and Straight In Your Crown we thought was absolutely perfect. So this is our first episode into that series. Now the quality isn't great on the video which we are currently working on to get it better. So episode two will be a lot more crisp um, and we are currently trying to get it onto Spotify and other actual podcast, um, podcast platforms because a few of you like to watch videos and a few of you like to listen. So I hope you enjoy and let us know what you think. Hey, ladies. We have the beautiful Renee Cat here with us today. Hey, ladies. I'm so excited to be on this with you as the first one. And I'm so super excited for the business that you guys are doing and what you're doing for women as well. So I'm just here having a little dance in my chair as we, yeah, do this first <laughs> We might just throw it, I think, straight over to you, Renee. So, you know, you're a very successful um, businesswoman and business mom, and, you know, you're definitely entrepreneurial and I think that you have a lot to share with our audience and I mean, you're definitely a boss babe, so <laughs> you're definitely fall into that category. So who are you? Yes. What do you do, babe? It's <laughs> so hard to sum it up because I struggle to do just that one thing, right? It's not in my, my nature. So I've got three sort of hats I wear and the nutshell version is I've been known as a divorce go-to girl, helping people with their breakups. And then I have my company Separation Success, which is helping people do divorce differently. And then I do the sort of trauma therapy and relationship work on, on the other end as well. So that's me and yeah, the, the, the mum, the, the business owner, all in, wrapped up into one. That's awesome. And that's definitely, you know, why we reached out. But I think the biggest question is why did you decide to get into this? I think for 20 years I'd been in the travel industry and, you know, there was just a yearning in me to, to do something else and to help people. And, you know, after my divorce, it was people were asking me for tips and things and how I, I said, how do you look so good? You know, you're not supposed to like, I guess you're not supposed to look good after a divorce. And it just rolled on from that. Like, how did you do it? What did you do? So I started sharing my story, what I did, and people started implementing that and coming back to me and going, wow, thanks so much. That really worked. And so it just evolved from there. And I, I love doing it like this work lights me up. Then when it evolved into trauma therapy, because a lot of my clients I was working with up with their breakup stuff had some really horrible um, relationship patterns I was noticing and it stemmed back to childhood. And so I went and studied trauma therapy. That, that Renee, and I'm sorry to sort of take this into a more somber tone than I suppose the excitement that we had at the start of the video. But I think, you know, there probably are a lot of people in our audience and a lot of women out there um, or even adolescents out there that, you know, have experienced some sort of, you know, abuse or trauma in their life. And how as adults do you see that be reflected? You know, if they've, if they've experienced sexual abuse or you know, just abuse of any nature, you know, what is it that you see in adolescence and then what is it that you see in adults and how do you help them? I know that that's like a, a big question. What I saw was, you know, these the people who had had childhood abuse and yes, I would say it's probably about 95% of my client base have all had childhood sexual abuse, which is, and men and women. So I'd work with both men and women and, you know, and, and that kind of is like, that is part of my history as well. And I never thought I'd have the courage or be able to help people heal from that. What I saw was that they were having bad relationship patterns. They'd, their education had suffered. They were open and more susceptible to bullying as well because most of the abuse was happening in a very, very young age, like around that four to, four to seven. 
and sort of stretches up, you know, from, from about four upwards. And that was just shocking to me to, to see all this history play out. And you would then notice they would have um, bullying in high school. They would have other sexual partners, like a lot of sexual partners in like that early sort of 20s kind of area. And then later on in life, they were then having relationship issues, either attracting narcissistic, toxic people into their life or having just being cheated on as well. That's a big one. And then it plays out in the adulthood. So that's what I, that, they're the patterns I've seen. And with the sexual abuse, it often is you'll either become quite promiscuous because what's happening is the, the mind is telling you, you've got to have sex to have love or be, have a relationship or sometimes they shut down their sexuality altogether. It's like, nah, not interested, never going there, not at all. And often I see too with people, um, women have had body issues as far as they'll have eating disorders and, and be anorexic bulimic or be significantly overweight. And it's all done as protection. If I'm thin, I won't be seen. And then as well, if I'm too big, it's protection because like no one will find me attractive either. That's what, and these are what the women and men tell me. So that's, that's really good that as well, because I personally know a lot about the whole body imaging. That's my, that's my cup of tea. Um, and when it does come to trauma and obviously past experience and whatnot, the same thing. So when you're smaller, you want to hide, you want to be as small as possible so you can't be in the yeah. room or other way around. If you're not getting seen and you're not getting attention, you eat and eat and eat to try and be that bigger person that's getting the attention. So it's definitely like all the things that happen in our lives, there's all reasoning for it. It's just being able to understand, okay, how did I get here? Why do I do this? What would it, how, why do they keep doing these kind of things? So that's super interesting. Um, but the easiest way for people to have a look at their life is do like a bit of, um, homework like start from zero to seven from seven to 14 and chunk their life down and go what 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 significant emotional things happened in that time and then look at well what did i make it mean about myself so yeah. for example if you have a belief because it's all about your beliefs your you become you are your beliefs your patterns and your behaviors so this is me putting that therapy hat on and so if you took on a belief from the abuse of i think mine I, it's easy for me to use an, me as an example right so mine i i discovered that it was i had i i had a bit of an epiphany at an event years ago that i had to have sex to have love and so that played out why relationships weren't working either because uh, you know one night stands no problem because isn't that why you 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 did it to get that relationship because that's the pattern my mind was playing out now it's not your conscious mind it's your subconscious mind and we hold our beliefs in that part of the brain that runs about 90 percent of our beliefs behaviors and patterns and so if we also take on the belief is you know there's shame then carried like um, there's shame there's guilt often people feel guilty because for some people, and this is going to be full on, that there's a confusion in the brain too because for some people it feels enjoyable, but they can't make sense of it because it shouldn't be. It, it just makes no sense that this is happening, but then they don't know at the moment that it's wrong, but they do. So there's this such internal dialogue of right, wrong, and it just yeah. it plays out and it's really... Um, yeah, it's it's more prevalent in society than anyone is aware of, I think. And I hope that this, you know, gives people the courage to come through because it took me 10 years to tell someone. 
um, this is why we want to have these conversations because you know this is what these um, visual podcasts are about where we start these conversations and you know you can reveal information about yourself which we so appreciate because you probably don't realize the amount of people that you're able to help or maybe see that you know they're not the only ones out there that are going through this and i think that's the thing if we don't talk about it like we think that it's just us that feel these things just because no one else is talking about Oh, so obviously it's just me, but it's so not. Like everybody has, you know, trauma. Everybody has things that's happened that has molded them into the person that they are today. But understanding it and accepting it is your only way that you're going to be able to actually move past it and move to that next step in your life. Um, how do you help? How do you help? So the best thing that I think people need to know is you actually can heal by not talking about it. And isn't that amazing? Because when we talk about the problem and what happened, it actually strengthens the neural pathways in our brain to the pain and the event of what happened. Most people don't ever want to talk about what happened. So when I'm working with people, all I need to know is that what hap- what's the pattern that's playing out in their lives so I can see what their beliefs are they've taken on about themselves. And we do it in a transformational form of hypnotherapy. You don't need, I'll, I'll look at someone's homework, we'll have a chat about it and that's it. And, and then in three or four sessions later, they are completely different people because what um, trauma therapists of the world, Bessel van der Kolk and Peter Levine have found out is that for people to feel like they've got to deal with the anger or the resentments of frustrations, by the way, it's all the same thing, it's all anger, but it's you've got to be moved to a place of empowerment in relation to what happened somehow. And so when you when your body, because the trauma is trapped in your body, right? People say, oh, I've forgotten about it. It's in the past, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that's that little part of your brain, but your body still remembers it. And we have to work with the body. And so when you can let the body know, hey, you're safe now and it's all over and you're moved to a place of empowerment and your body gets justice, that's like when people do a factory reboot on their whole nervous system and their world changes. Do you, um, do you find, Renee, that as adults that have experienced abuse and trauma, do you find a lot of it is suppressed? I know that you said, you know, there's people that don't talk about it and we're having a conversation about it today because we want we want to, we want to bring light to the situation. That's right. But, yeah, do you find that there's a lot of suppression that goes on or, or how does that play out? Absolutely. Most people have hardly even... Most people, when I'm working with them, they go, oh, I... You're the first person I've ever told that. You know, especially for the guys, right? They're not taught how to deal with their emotions. You know, typical Aussie banter is, oh, harden up, you know, should be right, mate, grow a set. You know, that sort of stuff of our humour that isn't really that helpful. It's not healthy at all. Push it down, you push it down. It's like, you know, at a kid's party, you blow up a balloon and you blow it up, blow it up. And then you just pass it and the thing explodes. That's what we're like with our emotions. There's mm. only so much you can hold in. We want you to get back to a place where you like that balloon a few days after the party. You know that annoying one when you step on and it won't bloody pop? Because these emotions... <laughs> but that's what we want you to be like with your emotions so there's just less charge. And your body is back to feeling more peace and calm. The triggers are gone. You know, there's less reactive yeah it it is possible in three or four sessions to feel like that so say if you're a big balloon about to pop and you need some help where do where do you go so people can reach out to me specifically um on socials or send me an email or give me a call if my phone number's up on my my facebook profile is pretty profile 
pretty profile. My profile's profile. <laughs> my phone number is on there. So people can just um, go to my Facebook profile, book a time to chat on my link and just reach out and, and see if it's the right fit because it might not right be the right fit for everybody. Some people still feel they need to talk about it and some don't want to. And that's the thing too. I think mental health or even talking in general about yourself or your emotions, it's so taboo. Like no one wants to do it. That's weird. For instance, I just have a psychologist. I love talking about it because I need to get out and I want a third party's perspective on what the hell's in my life and happy in my life. And it makes me a healthier person because I have that outlet. And I think that people think that if you do go to see a psychologist, something's wrong with you. It's yeah, not wrong with you. You're trying to make yourself a better version of yourself. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. healthy and necessary. So if anybody is experiencing any of this, I 100% recommend reaching out to Renee, yeah. having a chat, or even too, like you said, Renee, that's what I absolutely love about you. If it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And you can have a look and chat with someone else. And yeah, and I'll be able to help them find somebody else who can help them if it's not me. You know what I mean? Like there's there's enough people out there doing good work. It does need to be out there. And I mean, I still see a therapist every now and then when stuff comes up for me because being a therapist and a coach, if I don't have a therapist and a coach, well, I don't think I'm being authentic either, but I'm still human. And even when yeah. my relationship of three years back in August last year, I went and had a quick check-in check in with my guy to go, hey, is there stuff I need to talk about to make sure I'm moving forward. And what I wanted to say about that, having that third person, Brittany, and you're spot on about that is, while most of us feel more comfortable speaking to our girlfriends, I'm sorry, but our girlfriends aren't experts in mental health or therapy or healing. We're amazing at being there, but you need someone who's not emotionally invested in you, has a preconceived idea of you to give you the right advice. Yeah, I That's literally awesome. said this to yeah. my therapist on Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, I absolutely love my support network, my family, my girlfriends, whatever. And I do express a lot of my, you know, I get it all out, but I need to get out. But I have to understand that their advice is shit. They're not psychologists. They don't understand how my brain's working. But I take it as a grain of salt, but I nest, it's mainly just to get it out. I'm not... I'm not absorbing all the information and I think that's one of the things that people have to remember. Like even if you have the best support network in the whole wide world, it's still not enough. You need to get that third party that third party support. Yeah, most definitely. All right, my next question is so divorces, separations, you're in a bad relationship. I want some tips and tricks in regards to how you start processing that and making those steps. So to get out, the easiest thing is to, to again, involve a third party, like a, a relationship mediator or therapist to help you have a conversation about it. Um, it's definitely never, like never do it when you're tired or you've had a few drinks or anything because it's only likely to go downhill. Definitely um, not. And I'll put my hand up for when that happened and I said to my ex-husband, there's the effing front door. Um <laughs> Not my finest hour either. So there's so many things I wish I could have done differently as well. But it's just having that that heart to heart talk. Hey, you know maybe this isn't working out as we thought it would be, and just owning yours part of it and going like because it's it's his side, her side, and the truth, right? So everyone's doing the best they can with what they've got. But it's not about blaming the other person, about you taking ownership for your responsibility in the relationship and that, hey, it's maybe not working, but how can we do things differently? 
and absolutely go and work through your emotional stuff first. And I think it's the meaning people give a breakup. Oh, I'm bad, I failed, that sort of stuff. But well, what if, what if you ending this relationship sets yourself free and also him or her free and it's better for all of you? Does your advice on that change if you're being involved in a domestic violence relationship? Oh, 100% it does. And this is where I think women specifically, and men, because it, it does go um, both ways, but definitely different. It's absolutely different, especially where there's coercion and control. And if you're not feeling safe, and you're worried and even just a little bit like never be afraid to admit actually I don't feel safe um, because you cannot handle that the same way and there are definitely steps in place that people need to put in place when they're exiting those relationships so it doesn't end up escalating because I, I'm going to say something else that's not spoken about in the mainstream media a lot so people do have another awareness you've got to watch for your partner's behavior if it's escalating and that's the warning sign that's going to go pear-shaped even more. But if your partner has threatened or attempts to strangle you, that is the precursor to being murdered. And that is full on. I get it. We're talking about very full on subjects today, but people need to be aware of this and understand that you cannot do things the same as everybody else. You've got to be more strategic because you just never know what's going to happen. That's a massive thing too. And it's, I, you know, knowing other women and stuff like that they didn't take the warning signs as a warning and it's not going to take you know what if they just switch one day and you read the warnings but you didn't like oh they would never hurt me they would never do that they would never but what if they did it's not going to take long for that to go too far i think there's the opposite of that too where you know women either think it's not just women but women either think that you know perhaps i can change him or perhaps Mm -hmm. if i were better or if i were different maybe maybe he won't hurt me or maybe I can be better at this or or he might hurt other people but he's not going to hurt me. Like those talents are just so important and I think as women too we have so much intuition. We know what's going on, we're feeling a vibe. If you have a vibe, talk to someone about it before it's too late and that's the biggest thing. What holds people back from that is the fear of judgment for being asked for help. Yes. There is no no judgment for that. People just want the best for other people in those situations. And look, I've got a, um, I don't advertise this a lot. I keep it quite hush-hush, but there is a program I've got called Courage to Leave Those Relationships, giving them the, the step-by-step process on how to get out because it's not that they can't leave. Women in a domestic violent relationship are wanting, well, how do I get out safely? That's right, or protect yeah. the children or protect the animals. Like, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of steps yeah. that you need. Yeah, because once the other party can't hurt you, who do they want to hurt? The kids. Yeah, or anything you love. Yeah, or breaking everything. Exactly. Exactly. I've worked with um, a lady who was born into um, domestic violence and all along she thought the same thing of, you know, what if I change? Is it my fault? Because um, her normal was growing up in a domestic violent family. So that's her perception, it's her reality. And if you've even grown up seeing your fat, your, you know, parents being abusive towards each other, we take on that belief that that's just normal. Especially at that young age when your brain has, hasn't functioned to have that critical faculty to challenge things. And so there's so many different layers to these relationships and exiting them and know when, how, but you've got to do it to get out safely. Mm -hmm. And that is the most important thing. And 
what my clients have said is that their friends keep saying, well, why didn't you leave him sooner? Because I didn't feel safe to, it wasn't possible, but yes, they had to take another beating, which is just beyond, ugh, can't even conceive of anything like that, you know, and it's our worst nightmare, but they do take responsibility. For, and I've had so many women say I've taken the responsibility for his feelings and him emo his emotions because of the manipulation and the emotional blackmail that's gone on all those invisible bruises that we can't see that stay stuck for years. I think that's so true. And I, I just wish that we felt safe as women to have discussions with other women because we're all in it together. You know what I mean? Like we are less strong, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter how confident you are, how whatever, if you are in a bad situation, it is going to be difficult to get out of that situation. And you need to have those conversations with other women or other people so you can get out of those situations safely as well. And that's your number one priority. That's right. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says, or any other judgment, you are always your number one responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You're responsible for yourself and nobody else. I mean, obviously if there's kids where as mums we're responsible, but you know what I mean? We're not responsible for anyone else's emotions. Their reaction is their reaction, but it's yeah, getting out safely is the most important thing and sometimes it takes a, it's a process Renee what I'd, what I'd like to yeah is sort of ask you know diverting away from the more somber tones that we've had you know in a couple of the conversations today but if if people have decided to separate and leave and they want to be able to do that amicably how can you help them to do that or what's your advice to those people that are you know thinking of separating and don't want to fight don't listen to your friends or families <laughs> again. Is that is so true. Yes. <laughs> oh, and and stay out of Facebook groups, please, because you know you're not taking again. You're taking advice from people who are putting their stuff onto you. But your family and, and friends are great for hugs, right? They're great for picking up the kids from school, cooking a meal, and being there for that emotional support. But as the couple that got married, you decided to get married together, so decide to get unmarried and do it differently, have the conversations. They're hard to have for sure. There's going to be tears and you may not agree on everything immediately, but just slow it down, take your time, allow processing for the grieving to happen as well. And if someone is super, super upset, just call it, don't carry on the conversations. If you can do it, just the two of you, great. But if not, you just need to reach out to have a conversation to see if I can help or, I, I, as I said, I'm going to put this course up online to help people do it themselves. But it's just take the emotion out of it and think of it, right, we've got to make business decisions here. What's best yeah. for the kids? What do they need? How are we going to do this? Because the moment we rush off and get all carried away immediately, it's often not the right way. It's just very reactive. And we'll take yeah. advice from other people. Oh, you know, I did this and I got that and you can get this. And it's like, come on. I think that's really important you say that too. And I think a lot of people feel like there's the, the way to do divorce. Well, there is no way to do divorce. With marriage, there is a way to get married. You have a ceremony, then you have a reception and blah, blah, blah. But there are so many different ways to do it. Definitely don't listen to other people's experiences because it's, it's not their experience. Not your experience. Your experience is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And you can do fourth or separation however you want and that's I think having that third party support 
where you can talk these things out, okay, well, this is what's important to me, this is what's important to me, okay, how do we make that work together and what's our main priority out of this? The couple know their kids and their life and their family dynamic better than anybody. No, no, no judge. That, but other, if you end up in court, you lose all that power. It's taken out of your hands. So stick at it. Get somebody helping you, working through it, who's just can do a better job than you guys can. I definitely agree with that. That's absolutely fantastic advice. So you have a. I want to plug your online course or seminar. Sorry, retreat. So sorry, I'm not even thinking anymore. <laughs> you have an online retreat coming up. Tell us a little bit about it. Just before she tells us, I think this is um, the first of its kind in Australia as well. Yeah. Which is pretty, it's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, I'm a bit excited about that actually. Um, so, yeah, it's Beyond the Breakup Boot Camp, and it's a day to work on yourself to help you heal. And you're going to be given a whole plan to set yourself up for the next six months because. Typically, you need to stick to something for six months to really get the the transformation in your want. So I, I want people to be able to just have this day with me and go out and live life for six months and implement the stuff from the retreat into their life daily. And it's going to be really simple. It's just staggered over the day for three parts to help them reflect, release, and then redesign what they want to create. So I am very excited about it. And we retreat too it's like a covid retreat it's all virtual so you can do it in the comfort of your own home in your pajamas which is the best thing about it hello <laughs> active wear even better right yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know have your mum bun in and no bra and just sit there and just chill out because it was too hard to sort of plan something with all this uncertainty And people really need to have the certainty in their life that this is definitely going to happen. I can definitely get this healing and it's definitely going to help me and it's definitely going to go ahead. No borders, no outbreak or whatever is going to stop this going ahead. So I am really excited about it. It's going to be super cool. So we'll put all of these links into this video so you can go have a little look and see if it's something that you might be interested in. But I think we need to call it. I feel like we've talked for three million hours and I could keep talking. We could just keep, I could listen to you all day, Renee. It's so interesting. But um, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And thank you so much for being so raw and so honest and so helpful to everybody that, yeah, is going to watch this because, yeah, you could actually really make a real difference. I'm just super grateful for being on here and having the opportunity to share this. And I love what you guys are doing with, you know, helping people on a different level as well. So it goes, yeah, grateful, grateful. But we do. We need to look after each other. So thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye, ladies.